You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beltway Beef. This is Ashley, and I'm joined by Mary Thomas Hart and CBA's Environmental Council. And Mary Thomas, happy Ag Day. Happy Ag Day. We are so happy to have you on the podcast today, especially because the theme of National Ag Day is growing a climate for tomorrow. And I feel like you eat, sleep, and breathe climate, conservation, sustainability, everything that's happening in that space. So can we we just talk about the work you've been doing and what this theme of National Ag Day, Growing a Climate for Tomorrow, means to you. I think it's a, an exciting moment for American agriculture. You know, I think that we've really turned the corner maybe as an entire industry when it comes to talking about climate. You know, for so long, um, climate was something, it was a conversation that we didn't really want to engage in um, because we felt like we were being villainized, right? But I think in the last few years, the agricultural industry and even the U.S. beef industry has worked really hard to change that conversation and make sure that we're seen as climate solutions instead of part of the problem. So you mentioned that in the past couple of years, we've worked really hard to be seen as climate solutions, but conservation isn't a new concept for farmers and ranchers. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Conservation is the reason our industry exists today, right? So many of the listeners to this podcast are probably part of multi-generational cattle operations, right? And that, in my mind, is the meaning of sustainability, is the meaning or the the value that we get from conservation. Um, So really, talking about climate is just taking the same story that we've always told about, you know, the conservation value of cattle production in the United States and showing the specific climate benefits, you know, talking a little bit more about soil carbon sequestration, talking a little bit more about natural water filters, talking a little more about the green space that's provided by America's ranching operations. And what an honor to be able to do that every day. So NCBA has a huge focus in general on sustainability with our sustainability goals, but also recognizing the farmers and ranchers who are really leading efforts here through our environmental stewardship awards. So can you just give a few examples of NCBA members who have gone kind of above and beyond and and what they're working on, whether it's through grazing efforts or innovative land management techniques. Sure. So, you know, when NCBA announced or finalized its sustainability goals back in 2021, um, one of our goals is focused on demonstrating the climate neutrality of U.S. cattle production by 2040. And I think that goal was put together by our 17 producer members um, who, who worked on a task force to develop our goals. That goal was put together you know, to show, to, to demonstrate the climate neutrality of our industry. Um, we know that we do a really good job in this industry of, of taking care of our natural resources and preserving our grasslands. And that happens on a day-to-day basis on ranchers across the country. So, you know, those practices in the Southeast may look very different from how they look in the West. And, you know, some regions you say, may see more rotational grazing and other regions you may see more focused grazing to manage invasive species or to manage fuel loads related to catastrophic wildfire. Um, But I think that the key to a sustainable industry, especially the U.S. cattle industry, is making sure that each producer has the freedom 
to implement those practices in the best way possible, right? Making sure that every producer in the country has the tools available to them and the freedom, again, uh, to make sure that they can operate their business in the best way. So let's dig into that a little bit more, giving farmers and ranchers the freedom to make those decisions that works best for the land that they're on and for their own business. Why can't we just, you know, regulate into conservation? I think that that's a question that gets asked quite a bit in Washington, D.C. You know, why, why can't we just, you know, mandate certain practices or, you know, make sure that you know, every producer is doing A, B, and C to, to maximize the environmental sustainability of their operation. And one, that's an important reason for us to engage in these conversations, right? So that we're at the table. But then when we engage, we're able to talk about the unique nature of every ranch across the country, right? One pasture may be different from another pasture on the same operation, much less when we're talking about, you know, a ranch in Florida and a ranch in Wyoming. The needs on those operations are so different. There's no one size fits all answer when it comes to conservation on grasslands. I think that those are all really, really good points that you bring up. So can we just talk a little bit more about, you know, why we care so much about making sure there's voluntary conservation opportunities, but then also um, emphasizing the importance of public-private partnerships? Sure. Um, You know, I think we're believe it or not, going into a farm bill. And part of our farm bill work is related to the conservation title and USDA's voluntary conservation programs. Our goal when we work in those programs is always to make sure that one, technical assistance is a high priority for these agencies. We want to make sure that there are boots on the ground across the country helping farmers and ranchers implement those best management practices, those voluntary conservation practices. You know, we also look for cost share funding availability to make sure that, you know, if a farmer wants to implement a practice, that they have some financial assistance available if they want to seek that out. Um, So, you know, making sure that at the federal level, farmers have those tools. But then, you know, I think it's also important to highlight that there are state and local programs across the nation, whether it be through land-grant universities or local soil and water conservation districts, um, programs that help producers implement those practices further. So as we speak, people over at EPA and USDA and folks on the Hill are working on rules or legislation um, that involves the cattle industry and conservation. What's your message to them? Farmers and ranchers, and especially you know, cattle producers across the country, know their land better than anyone. You know, give us the opportunity to effectively manage our resources, and you'll see the benefits in rural communities across the country, in our country's environmental sustainability, um, and in the economic sustainability of the industry. I think you know it addresses all three legs of the sustainability stool. When you let cattle producers do their work and do it well, you'll reap the benefits. So we know that our pre- Producers are busy people. I can't count the number of times that we've all hopped on a phone with a producer or they've recorded a podcast and they literally have gotten out of their truck, walked inside, got on the phone, and then right after they hung up, they were right back outside working again. Our folks are busy, but what's your message to them on making sure they are sharing the importance of the good work that they're doing every day? Well, I'll go back to you saying that that our members are busy, and I think it's important to highlight 
what our producers are really busy doing. They're busy improving, right? We're able to tell the story that we tell every day in Washington, D.C. because our industry is built on a foundation of continuous improvement. And, you know, I think that that's going to be so key to our industry going forward. We have made significant strides in the last 60 years, especially related to our environmental sustainability. But, you know, Resting on our laurels didn't get us here. And, you know, I think continuing to strive to be better, to continue to be the best in the world when it comes to beef production sustainability, um, that is certainly an industry goal and something that we at NCBA are going to make sure that, you know, our producers have every available resource to continue that improvement. Well, I think that's really important for our producers to hear. And my last question to you, Mary Thomas, um, on this significant holiday, on this important holiday, what are you going to do to celebrate? I know I'm going to enjoy some high quality beef and probably a milkshake to support our friends in the dairy industry. What are you doing to celebrate? I'm going to eat a cheeseburger all the way with all the vegetables. And you know, a milkshake sounds pretty good. Supporting all of agriculture today. Thanks, Mary Thomas, for being on the podcast. Thanks, Ashley. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.